One of the things that always, like, attracted me to emo was the kind of, like, weird things that they did with gender and stuff. I think the first one that comes to mind is probably Lying is the Most Fun a Girl Can Have Without Taking Her Clothes Off by Panic at the Disco. I mean, the chorus to me, like, to this day is still just, like, such a standout where he's, like, testosterone boys and, like, Harlequin girls. (laughs) Um, That was kind of the start of everything. I'm Sarah Esikoff, and this is Sounds Gay, a podcast about the intersection of music and queerness. One of the things I've been hoping to do with this show is actually get deep into the down and dirty process of creating something. How do our identities get fused into the sounds we make? So when we found these two friends... Two people with a lot in common who'd been wanting to collaborate for a while. We were excited to see what they would do. We asked them if they'd be interested in making some brand new music just for our show. And what they came up with turned out to be an intricate portrait of gender dysphoria and Filipinx identity. My name is James Factora. I use he, they pronouns, and I live in Brooklyn, and I'm a writer and a musician. My name's Koji. I play guitar and I sing, and I am mixed. I'm Filipino, Okinawan, Japanese, Hawaiian. James and I met at a queer Filipinx like support group, and I really never had like queer Filipinx friends before. That wasn't the only similarity. James told me that one day in their support group, Koji mentioned being a musician. James did a quick Google search and learned that Koji had released a lot of music on labels they admired. So I like came up to them after and was like, hey, like I saw that you do all this cool stuff. And like it was also maybe the first time that I had like personally met a trans Filipino who was like making the kind of like emo like guitar music that I was really into. Koji and James had wanted to make music together since they met, so I suggested they do so for this episode. They would write one song, and since they lived on opposite sides of the country, the writing process would be a relay. James would write a little piece of the song, maybe chords or a melody or some lyrics. Then they'd send whatever they wrote to Koji. Koji would listen to what James sent and add something of their own. They agreed to let me sit in on all of their songwriting sessions, which means you'll get to hear them too. Three sessions with James and three with Koji. They also agreed not to talk about the song before they started writing it, or while writing it, for that matter. The only form of communication they had were the bits of music they sent back and forth via email. It's a tricky songwriting format. But luckily, it was easy for them to agree on the first big question, the musical genre they were going to tackle. We're writing a Filipino song, which is a portmanteau, a Filipino, an emo, which I strongly identify with. James told me that growing up, they knew lots of Filipino kids who were into emo. Emo music is actually, like, really popular in, like, the Philippines. So it was a natural choice. For the first songwriting session, James welcomes me into his Brooklyn apartment, 
so I can assume my position as a fly on the wall. He hasn't had a chance to eat breakfast yet, but he's prepared a bowl of yogurt, quinoa, and beets from his local CSA for after I leave. Since James is going first, he's tasked with creating the foundation that Koji has to work with, and he decides to look to his middle school obsession, the band My Chemical Romance, for inspiration. I feel like there's just, like, a lot of themes of, like, people being, like, punished, I guess, like, for queerness or, like, some kind of deviation, like, in my chem's, like, discography. I was listening to Mama, and that one in particular has this lyric that's like, you should have raised a baby girl, I should have been a better son, which a lot of people have, like, <laughs> kind of made that connection as being very, like, trans. Mama, we all go to hell. Mama, we all go to hell. I call myself trans because it's like the most legible way to like describe like an interior experience, but it's like I identify as trans or as like non-binary as a way of encapsulating just like existing within a system that wasn't really built for me and within a system that was used as, and continues to be used, like, as a tool of colonialism. (laughs) Koji and I both, in our writing, stray more toward the standard, like, time signatures and the sort of, like, four-chord chord progressions, not necessarily, like, super-duper, like, complex riffs or anything like that. Here is a chord progression. There <laughs> um. will be a bridge at some point. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Filipino song demo one. Okay. It has been sent. Can you say what your Zoom background is? Once Koji had received James's chords, I set up a time to dip into their songwriting session this time virtually. Koji spoke to me from their home in LA. Oh yeah, my Zoom background is a palm tree and waves, um, kind of gentle waves rolling up onto a beach. (laughs) I just want people to be able to picture this because I feel like it's very part of our interviews that there's like a gently blowing palm tree video, video background, not a photo. Do you remember the first show that you put on? I I was very lucky. I got started playing shows when I was like 12. I researched on like a punk message board, how to book a show. And I figured out you can go to like fire halls or township halls and 
ask them to rent the space and then you get an adult to sign the paper to do it. And then, so I like, I had saved up money to give to my parents to sign out like a fire hall. And I booked my own show, made the flyer, booked the bands, did the sound. So like I was doing shows all the time and they were always benefit shows because the bands I liked were political because I was, I was trying to confront something. I just don't know what I was like, I wanted to rebel and I was looking for music that was about rebellion because I was getting into fights with kids and it was different for my brother four years later because I had fought the fights that I did against people who were being racist towards me. Then in fourth grade, I wrote my first petition to make the uh, dress code and punishment code gender neutral because I I didn't realize at the time I was non-binary and I, I didn't feel a part of it either group, but I didn't like that I was being punished as a boy. You sound like just like the world's most industrious kid. <laughs> I was just so, I was stoked. Like I was like, I was really excited. And like for me, ad- adulthood is about like keeping that fire alive, just making it social, like people being open to creating. And like, I'm just always seeking that. On that note, should we listen to what James sent? Yeah. Yeah, I love that it does like a folky minory thing at the end of the B part. That's cool. What do you think you want to add to it today? Um, so probably what I would put over it is that like uh, to James, like it's the em- the. thinking a melody part to make the chord progression a little less obvious or at least for an intro like I don't want to hear melodically what James is thinking for the verse. Okay, so I feel like the guitar part could do what the vocal melody will do. So if this is the main bit. And then in the intro, it'd be like... So I would like to see what James thinks about that, and then I will offer for B part. Maybe I have a bridge. Okay, I think the bridge can be like E minor. E minor, C. G, 
A minor with some sort of open thing happening. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, what's your first reaction to what they sent? Um, I liked that I... I'm back with James at their apartment in Brooklyn. At this point, we have James's original chords for the verses and Koji's chords for the bridge. Um, it's cool. It, like, makes me wish I, like, knew more about music theory so that I could, like, articulate why I think this chord progression is really cool. But I liked the little descending chords that they did for the lead and into the chorus. You love to hear a thing like that. Um, Why? I don't know. It just feels like dramatic, <laughs> which I feel like is kind of what we're going for. All right, James. So what are we adding today? That's such a good question. Um, I think that probably trying to come up with even just like a rough vocal melody would probably be good. This is also kind of uh, not like complicated, but the wrench that is thrown in things is that my voice has dropped significantly <laughs> since last we met. So I'm still kind of trying to figure out my own vocal range. I was previously a tenor, which is like the highest male quote unquote voice. And now I'm a baritone, which made me like a little sad, <laughs> but I'm trying to make peace it, or not like sad. It was just more like it was a change that happened like faster than I thought it would. And so now I'm kind of still trying to uh, figure out what sounds best with my voice. So <laughs> It's going to be a process in real time. And that's something that I'm just trying to think about and navigate when it's like, it's like trying to play an instrument that you've never played before, or maybe like trying to play guitar when you've only played like ukulele before is maybe the way that I can put it. I watch James hum over the chords on his guitar until he comes up with a vocal melody. Sounds sick. Okay, sweet. Well, okay, so we have a melody. Yes. Do you want to do some, like, rough, like, lyric concepts, or? Yeah. Um, I really don't want this to sound like diaspora poetry. <laughs> like, I really want to avoid that at all costs. Um, What's, like, so. an example of, like, what are, like, some phrases that you'd be like, no? It feels hard to, like... <laughs> define diaspora poetry it's like one of those things where it's like if you see it like you'll know it but it's like I don't know just like tired tropes like I don't know 
a spiritual connection to like mangoes or whatever or just like just corny I don't want it to be corny which will be hard because corniness is kind of the default emotional state of our people and arguably the default emotional state of emo yeah no that's absolutely correct Honestly, I feel like I could probably, like, fold some of the vocal adjustment stuff into it. Like, dysphoria is something that Koji and I have both talked about. Not really, like, in depth, but just, like, in a general sense. Like, in the way that all trans people are kind of like, hey, you know that thing that we all feel? And I'm like, yeah. And I think it makes sense to kind of be working that out in song form. (sighs) What else? Um, I guess like something that I think about a lot and something that I'm honestly like emo about a lot is just the colonial nature of gender. Like Tagalog, which is one of the languages of the Philippines, is an ungendered language. Like, there's only one pronoun in Tagalog, and it's xia. You don't really see gendered words in any Filipino languages until the Spanish came. And there's, like, obviously a lot of Spanish influence. Like, in Filipino languages, there are a lot of cognates, and that includes the gendering of Romance languages. And so that's something that I think about a lot and something where being Filipino and like being like trans or whatever are like just really intimately tied together for me and like have been since I was a teenager um so yeah anyway that's something that I'm emo about (laughs) um and yeah I don't know um I'm just gonna write this down (laughs) I can hear on the, on the B part, like, James can do, like, little quicker runs. Like, my voice doesn't move quite as fast, so it's, it's fun to hear. I kind of like the potential to soar in James's proposed melodies. <laughs> I, lo- I love the high drama of the Philippines, even the way that, like, my, like, Elders Tell Stories is so musical to me. I cannot imitate their voices, but I'm just like, wow, like, you are saying the most mundane story in the most extreme way that is stressing me out, you know? (laughs) And I think, like, they love, like, the big, grand gestures and music, so I kind of like uh, the, like, I mean, like, I think about it all the time where I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's because of the Catholic influence that I would be susceptible to listening to music with such toxic lyrics. You can't listen to like Dashboard Confessional and think like, this is a healthy attitude about a relationship. I just don't agree with any of it. <laughs> 
I think that we should respect each other's autonomy and move in ways that respect people's capacity and make space and make it collaborative and, um, you know, relationships that allow for us to meet each other as a new person we are in each present moment. I don't think possessive love is love at all. So, <laughs> but you know, makes for a great karaoke, and we're all <laughs> we're still gonna do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, emo is corny. Filipino is corny too. Yeah, I mean, this is the song we would write. that they made these chords more interesting. <laughs> um, and then they also had some notes. Only had time to track guitar, but this can be basic structure for brief intro and A, B parts into a bridge slash outro situation still to be written, but something sort of soaring, sing-alongy. Wanted to go a little angular and give the verse part some space and make a little more tension with the melody you proposed. I have some lyric ideas and we'll work a little more on getting some down. Excited to hear what you think slash add. After two back and forths, the music is nearly there. Now it's time to add lyrics. I find a lot of like queer and trans music that is like explicitly kind of like about those themes to be like a little too on the nose. So I guess it's about like trying to figure out like ways to convey like what that feels like without being like, I experienced dysphoria. <laughs> um, what is, let's throw out some metaphors. What's yeah. a, what does it feel like if it were a landscape? If it were a landscape. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, well, I think about either like the desert or like the suburbs, I guess. Um, cause I kind of grew up in the suburbs and kind of like a desert E area, um, like it was just hot and dry all the time. I, I feel like I keep returning to like boring, <laughs> like the feeling of being bored, the feeling of being trapped and surveilled, I guess, in a way, which is a feeling that I associate with like the suburbs. I don't know. I just think there's something about that sense of being like a perpetual outsider which obviously with a lot of like emo music that's very like self-imposed <laughs> outsider status um where it's like it really would not be that hard for you to fit in <laughs> um but i feel like i know a lot of like emo filipinos like especially like for a lot of, like, queer and trans Filipinos who were, like, growing up in California, like, at the same time that I was, I feel like I'll talk to them, even if we hadn't, like, met at that point, and I'll be like, oh my god, we had, like, such similar experiences, and we listened to, like, such similar music, and, like, I don't know, just had these same kind of, like, feelings of, like, alienation. (laughs) 
searching for evidence of, a, of alien life can't be the only one there is of my kind. James turned those feelings of alienation into lyrics and sent them to Koji, who's reading them aloud here. Fingers pressed into cold steel gets me by as I vibrate frequencies that aren't mine. Drive to the end of the earth just to watch the sunset, but we still get searched by the cops. I want nothing more than to beat myself up, but I know that there's more beyond these little boxes. You know, I always used to identify as someone that wasn't a lyrics person, because, which I only found out later was like, you know, the lyrics weren't for me. So that's why I really loved arrangement. And sometimes I'll start with a song and I'll improv and it's all, the lyrics just fall out of my head. And other times I'm really just looking for tension and space. And that's kind of how, what I scan for in music was, or performance. Because, you know, like, English will never satisfy me. And that's part of why I play music, is because, like, this is not my language. And it puts you into a box. Because I know that if I just think in English and I'm, it's the inner dialogue in my head, I will fail myself and I will fail my community. I'd, I'd been thinking of like this idea of, of, I'm always thinking about it. I'm thinking about refusal with respect to like just refusing the state and the sort of all the shapes that the state comes into our lives. And... Um, I have a, what I think is a really good bridge or outro idea and a good chorus. Um, yeah, so the idea that I had... why I wanted to talk about refusal and return because it's like I refuse the state and I refuse the church and I refuse the generals imposed on me to maintain the state and the church and I'm interested in return I'm I'm thinking about things in terms of like it's Filipino because I'm alluding to pilgrimage like I've, I've never been and I want to go home like Yeah, I want to I I want to I want to belong somewhere and I feel like that's what's so complicated about living you know on a con- being like a person of color settler on like stolen land. I always feel displaced and I'm I think my music's always kind of um my music doesn't happen without this feeling of displacement and this yearning to like belong somewhere. So like, I guess it's like, it can't help but be Filipino because for me, how badly I want to belong. It's not for me, it's not for me. 
up for anyone It's hard to be, it's hard to be Nowhere and the only one And I can't see, I can't see A path leading me With the song almost complete, it's time for James and Koji to reconvene. I meet up with James at their apartment, and we log on to chat with Koji. The three of us are now in a Zoom. Koji and James, you are now going to talk about this project face-to-face, or at least screen-to-screen, which you haven't done this whole time. Um, James and I have sort of a, a throwback emo middle school setup where we each have one earbud in <laughs> on the Zoom. We have a My Chemical Romance song paused on the TV, which was here when I came in. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess just in general, how has it been for you? The song is a part of a through line in our relationship from like the day that we met, you know? So literally, yeah, <laughs> it's it's cool to write something that kind of celebrates that, that like adds to it. And I I always I always think about because um, it still lingers. Like, do I do I belong? I like I still have those feelings. They they come as much as like I've yeah. never felt more like I belong. Um, but when when that happens, I'm like reminded like I'm like oh yeah, my favorite Filipino dish is seasick. It's like the leftover parts that you fry up and, and we made like so good, right? And mm-hmm. I don't have the language and I don't have s- certain ways of connecting with like my culture. Um, but yet like things like emo and punk music is what was like left for us to cook with. What do you mean emo is what was left for us? when they rob you of your culture, like genocide is just not like a murder of the body, but it's a murder of your culture. So when I was being raised by my parents who were raised and told, their parents were told, you know, it's not good for your children to learn more than one language, just teach them English. And to realize that's eugenics and to realize that legacy of eugenics is showing up in my life. So the fact that I don't have access to my culture because of my culture being like trained out of my family what's left is a form like emo music or punk and hardcore and DIY and I don't know how to express myself um, in traditional ways so I express myself in what's available to me so I didn't choose the curriculum I didn't choose the music but like here I am having to work with the materials and still exist and I didn't realize that even though the forums weren't made by us or for us, I could still make it mine. Something that I think about a lot also is that like the guitar is like a Spanish instrument. Yeah. Like it was brought to the Philippines like by the Spanish. A lot of what we know as like Filipino folk music is like it sounds similar to like Spanish like guitar music because of like colonial influence. It literally is like an instrument like of colonization, but I think it's really cool to be, yeah, just like you said, to be like kind of like, okay, like this is, you know, this happened. These are the remains that we're left with. And how do we like make something like anew? I do want to talk about corniness because when we first talked about it, James, 
you were like, okay, I'm writing these lyrics. I don't want them to be too corny. Like, I don't want to write, like, diaspora poetry. <laughs> And then Koji, you kind of felt differently. So I want to hear you you have a little conversation about corniness. Oh, this will be fun. Well, I I want to hear what you have to say about corniness. What did I say? (laughs) Well, you were kind of like, what do you mean? Like, we're writing an emo song. Yeah, it's inherently corny. And I'm like, just like Filipino culture is corny. Have you heard the anthem? I'm like, I just... (laughs) I think like, yo, we love corn nuts. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. No, it's corny. Emo's corny. You can't you can't be saying yeah. all this melodramatic stuff. We have to acknowledge that it's corny. Yeah, I mean, I think a big theme for me this year has been just like trying to get over cringe in general or like fear of being cringe. Because <laughs> um, I think like when I started doing like my little. I'm in like this trans choir, which is not really something that I ever thought I would do. And it was like, obviously like that's another form of expression that is requires a lot of earnestness um, and is also pretty emo. <laughs> um, and I like literally it physically pained me like when I started going because um, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, it's so cringe. And, like, there's actually no getting around that. Like, it is cringe and it is corny. And I literally had to push myself to be like, you know what? And that's fine. Yeah, could everyone participate if these forms weren't corny? I don't know. Because you can just... (laughs) You could just do it and laugh at yourself and laugh at your friends and laugh with your friends. And, like, I think we need some respite from, like, the violence of... The colonized world and we found that we created for us that for ourselves i mean i actually think i think like you saying that made me realize that like in the same way that like a lot of like queer culture is about kind of like fabulousness and excess that is really about escaping from like tragedy i think there's actually like a lot of similarity yeah. there where i think a lot of like filipino a lot of like Filipinos, like when it comes to tragedy, like have this attitude of bahalana, which is like, hmm. fuck it, basically. <laughs> like, you know, just like it's up to the powers that be. Yeah, I don't know. I think like a lot of Filipino culture is like, and in the same way that like a lot of queer culture is like, you know, like, oh, we're kind of like papering over this with glitter and kind of dealing with the violence of like living in a cis het world through beauty i think actually like filipino culture and queer culture like have that in common yeah that's real yeah there are just like moments where i'm like ah i'm touching that liberatory future like i in practice and that it's possible for all of us and you know, as corny as it sounds, like, I do believe, like, we will fucking win. So, <laughs> I, 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 I do, like, I do believe that. Searching for evidence of alien life Can't be the only one that is of my kind Fingers pressed in cold steel gets me by As I vibrate frequencies that aren't mine Drive to the end of the earth just to watch 
sunset police till you're searched by the cops I want nothing more than to beam myself up But I know there's more behind these little boxes It's not for me, it's not for me, it's not for anyone It's hard to be, it's hard to be Nowhere and the only one And I can see, I can see Space and time, 3,000 miles and 10 years down the line. The dissonant sound waves will find me alive. Won't feel endangered when you're not in danger. You know you're better at it. It's our distant strangers. The world breaks your heart in a new age day. And let's feel the time you'll get up anyway. That was Relocations, a Filipino song by James Factora and Koji Shiraki. Sounds Gay is created and produced by me, Sarah Esikoff. Our story editor is JT Green of Molten Heart. Casadere is our consulting producer. Additional editing by Gianna Palmer. Original music by Chris McCormick. Mixing and sound design by Casey Holford. Fact-checking by Serena Solon. Our program manager is Sam Termine. 
Sounds Gay is a Stitcher Studios production and is executive produced by Sarah Bentley, Bill Crandall, Jen Derwin, Mike Spinella, Camille Stanley, and myself. You can find Sounds Gay on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other people can find us. Put it, put it, put it in the bag.